You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Here we go. No more screaming holy shit over there. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to... Oh, no, no. <laughs> right out of the gates. Sleepy and hungry. Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am part-time Canadian. Part-time. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> full-time citizen of the world. Okay. Yeah. You're speaking really quietly there for a couple minutes. So I was worried. And with me, as always, is... I don't know. I don't know who you are this week. My my good friend and uh, arm bra, <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Patterson. You know, what would have been equally good would have been some sort of joke about just being a fellow Canadian because of the amount of times that people still ask me where I'm from. Mm. Like living in a city like Toronto in Canada yeah. isn't, you know? I mean, granted, there are people from all over, but and that's also kind of ties in a little bit to this very special Canada Day, Canada episode? Day episode. Canada Day already happened, but we, the, we were originally going to record it on Canada Day, and uh, yeah, that didn't happen. But because of Canada Day, our you gotta love it for the week is Captain Canuck, and our hidden gem for the week is a comic by the name of why can't I remember what it's called? Oh, Moonshot. Moonshot. Right. Yeah, an anthology of uh, First Nations Ab- stories and comics. Aboriginal. Mm. Aboriginal. First yeah. Nation. I don't know. Yeah. Indigenous. Just stick with indigenous. Sure. Um, so let's start with the hidden gem, as always. Moonshot. Um, very interesting anthology. I'm not usually an anthology guy. I like longer stories. and. Uh, yeah, I'm more of an ongoing guy myself. Right. I like, like ongoing comics. And when the art is kind of all over the place, I'm usually like, mm, I don't know makes me it's it's like strange it's like reading a book of short stories i don't normally do that either it's got to be like a sick uh, a really sick collection but like the anthology project we'll come back to that yeah i said that way out of turn but i think that this uh this comic does do what i want it to do so i feel like it tells a lot of stories that may be familiar to some but uh, were unknown to me, and tells them it tells them in, a, in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story about the fox collecting pebbles to draw himself in the sky, and he's known as being sort of lazy and disruptive, trickster. Mm-hmm. And um, because he's the last one, he's rushing to get it done, and he slips, and then um, knocks everything off kilter and that's why we have stars and stuff and i was like okay cool cool yeah. and then that story about um 
Well, it wasn't a fox. What was the animal? They're trying to get the sun. Oh, with the uh, trying to get the ferret. Li- Maybe no. something like something, that. Yeah. Trying to get the light. Farting hard. Yeah. Trying to bring the world <coughs> from darkness to light. With lynx. It was a lynx and uh, with his buddy, the lynx. There was like two animals. Yeah. Well, he, he had caught an, an animal, like a squirrel or something. And the squirrel was like, if you let me go, I'll tell you how we can fix this world. Yeah. And then there was this whole plan. But, I mean, we don't need to go to each individual story. But I think it's interesting. Um, it almost feels like a different type of storytelling that you don't normally see in comics. You know what I mean? Like I don't even yeah. know how to describe it, but it's like it's almost mythological without trying to be mythological. A lot of the times in comics, when you read like the mythology of whatever book you're reading, you're like, okay, like mm, yeah, I get it. They're trying to like make this seem bigger than it is, but like this just had, I guess, an air of authenticity to it or something. Yeah, that was just like oh, natural this is. storytellers. Yeah, maybe would be a yeah. It's um, yeah, it reminded me a lot of like when I was younger. I read a lot of mythology related stuff a lot of fables you know not like fables the comic book not not the vertigo comic Mm -hmm. though i did read that but the you know like uh a nancy and um you know a lot of african fables and you know fable basically just fables from all different cultures but i haven't really read those since since i was really young yeah so a lot of the um I don't know. It kind of it they had like a weirdly nostalgic feeling to me, mm-hmm. but it definitely did feel uh, pretty effortless. Um, or that air of authenticity you were, you were talking about, right? Uh, interestingly, now I'll be honest. So I didn't I didn't get through every story in the book, but I it's it's really strange. I was almost expecting something a bit different. I was expecting more. Um, more of a commentary, I guess, which, uh, especially, especially after reading the intro to the anthology. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know whether that's good or bad. I'm sure that is out there and exists. Um, certainly other forms of, of art that, uh, of indigenous art, I think speak to that, but this was really just like, um, it felt like very, very much just pure storytelling. Yeah. Um, it, was, it, was, it was it was really interesting. I also thought it was interesting that they opened the anthology with a comic about a Marvel character, which was like, first of all, I didn't know that she was um, an indigenous character. I didn't know that she was part indigenous because which I've Marvel heard character yeah. Echo. Remember the deaf? She's deaf and she's like part. Oh yeah, she's yeah. Like uh, that was a great comic. Latina. Yeah, it was amazing. But I've read a lot of daredevil and a lot of marvel arcs like there's a whole arc on new avengers with echo mm-hmm. um uh echo and, and logan like i've read a bunch of story arcs with her and in those stories at least the ones that i've read it never comes up that she is uh a of mixed race descent and b that the the mixed race descent is like um you know latin and indigenous right um and they don't really speak to that. I just knew her as a, at least the way she's drawn, like an ethnic, <laughs> if you will, character, like yeah. a character that a non-white superhero character who was deaf. And it's sort of like the the, um, 
the the hearing impaired aspect of her character is kind of what they focus on in most of the stories and right. like the dialogue between characters. Um, so that I thought a it was super interesting that for this anthology they were able to get whatever <laughs> get Marvel on board, you know, yeah, from yeah. a rights rights perspective, um, and then the creators who. I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. You know, I'm just having difficulty articulating it. I like that I also one. I'm tired, but, but it was just like. I like that one especially because of the way that it was drawn and like how the words kind of like wrap around everything and there's like yeah. smoke signals and stuff. Well, have you read, uh, have you read any Daredevil comics really? Yeah. Have well, you, have you read the, uh, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, Alex Maleev? He did a really long run on, uh, Man Without, F- Man Without Fear. No. So it opens, the first volume of it opens with a story that's that artist oh. uh, and Brian Michael Bendis. And it's all about this kid who saw Daredevil. Um, basically, his dad was a criminal, like a low rent, like a, you know, a C-level thug. Yeah, yeah. Um, who was abusive. And this kid was traumatized. And this kid was basically taken into custody by the police and was seeing like a child psychiatrist. Yeah. They're trying to figure out why he was, he just kept repeating the same words. So it was like a multiple issue arc where they're finding out that Daredevil uh, got in a fight with this guy and the kid witnessed something that like traumatized them. Um, Anyway, totally off topic. But the point is, it's like rendered, the whole story is rendered in the exact same way. So it was kind of, it was a cool like callback to like open this anthology and be mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. I, w- I didn't realize that this guy was, um, you know, the, these creators were indigenous and that like that, you know. Anyway, it was just like uh, it was those little things I think that were cool tying it into sort of the more mainstream. It also gets more comic-y as it goes on. So like it starts off with almost traditional stories and then starts getting more and more futuristic and like sci-fi and comic it's uh i don't know it's, it was interesting i i really liked it and i um it's almost convinced me that maybe i should give more anthologies a try yeah and i think the other i think the objective of it is to showcase obviously indigenous creators in right. the, in the realm of comics which um I don't know. It's weird. I think it's important to, f- for the purposes of, um, I guess, kids and people growing up to see like, oh, you know, okay, it, because people seem to need to have that connection. You right. know what I mean? Like, like if, I, if, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regardless of sort of how I feel about that type of, um, you know, that that topic, I think that obviously that that sort of uh what's the word i'm looking for that exists for a reason like that that sort of idea so i think that an anthology like this is super important to showcase that but looking through it it was like real i was realizing that i already knew and enjoyed the work of many of these people yeah regardless of their background you know what i mean and and another thing that was interesting i was when i was doing research about who these people were um and i was looking up canadian comic creators yeah i discovered that many many of my favorite artists and writers are actually canadian which or at least born in canada some of them grew up in the states but they were born in canada and i had no idea Mm -hmm. again i i don't necessarily think that that's super important you know if you're 
um, I understand why it is important to some people, but uh, I mean, all in all, I think that I would say that I did love what I read of this anthology and I would absolutely recommend it. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on that boat as well. I guess just not necessarily for the specific reasons other than it's just, it's just great. You know, like everybody should be like, yeah. why not? You know and what I mean? Like it's, and the stories the w- again, the way that they're told is a little bit not traditional to comics. Yeah. So I think that it, uh, it's an interesting take. It's refreshing. I wouldn't mind seeing some more books written in that fashion. I think there would be a good uh, opportunity for a publishing house like Image to like even reach out to some of these creators if they're not currently active to do some of that creator-owned type. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Image is such a goldmine of like amazing content over the last like five, five, ten years in terms of these original sort of creator-owned stories. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, like imagine something like Black Science, but like a continuation or like a fleshed out version of one of the the sort of one shots or stories in this anthology. Like it'd be fucking wicked. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, well, so let's look at things uh, that are maybe maybe less wicked, <laughs> which uh, which is although it takes place heavily in Toronto. Well, not takes place heavily in Toronto, but it's referenced heavily, and it's supposed to be Toronto. Uh, Captain Canuck. Yeah. Um, okay, so, the, I mean... We read the first four issues. And uh, it's a story about a... I don't know, guy who finds some sort of weird alien something. And is given... It's kind of a mix between Iron Man and Captain America. Because he's given some... S- he's, like, melded with some sort of alien technology... It gives him shields, I guess, around his body so that he's, like, impervious to things. Does that sound right? Kind of. Uh, And he is a Canadian superhero that... I don't know who his enemies are. He's kind of a soldier of the government. His brother. His brother is kind of... His his brother's supposed to be the one that's running the organization that he works for. Yeah, but he's up to some shady shit, though. Maybe. Maybe. We don't know. Right. Okay. Fair enough. But <sighs> Mr. Gold, mm-hmm. Mr. Gold is the villain. He he kind of reminds me of uh, the Man in Purple. Yeah. So I, I'll just get uh, as we usually do. I get this out of the way. I normally with things that are the things that we need to love. Yeah. You know that we don't outright love, where it's not just a matter of like ah, whoever recommended this is off their nut like this is great yeah. why would how could you not like this the things that we don't like i feel i usually qualify them by being like if one or two things were different i could see myself really liking this which is kind of the point i guess you know sure. but it was the exact same with that this was no different like i there's a lot of things in it that i was like i was actually like oh this is like pretty dope but there's there was another there's another series of just sort of weird just like confusing choices, I guess. Like, yeah. Uh, my main problem with it is that I think people try too hard to make Canada a character in a comic like this. Sure. 
and I know that even in the intro they say that they're basically like you know like places like Toronto you know it's such a like vibrant city and we wanted that to be like a character the same way that like a New York is a character in fucking like 90 different comic long running comic book series yeah but I think that it's just there's a there's a big difference in emphasizing it to the ex- emphasizing the the Canadiana <laughs> right to the extent that they do in this it comes off as almost like it's just like it's trying too hard for me personally I'm yeah. sure there's there's people that read it and are just like oh that's so sick but like for me I'm just like you could literally have a comic set in Toronto and not mention Toronto and the areas of Toronto constantly just like have them drawn yeah subtly you know what I mean or, like or you mention them but you're not like hey this is Toronto like yeah um you know, I think a perfect example of that, although it's not a comic book, mind you, but it is Nirvana, the band, the show. Yeah. Where they're just like, oh, yeah, we should just go, you know, walk a little, a little like, you know, there's that store on Queen Street or something. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's just like if you didn't if you didn't live in Toronto, you'd be like, OK, Queen Street, there's probably a Queen Street in my town. Like, yeah, it could be anywhere. Totally. But, well, you know, and because you see like the stuff in the background, you know. I think you really need to work. Uh, I think my my problem. Or like Scott Pilgrim is a good Scott example. Scott Pilgrim is a great example. Um, and so I don't so much have. I I don't know. It's really hard to explain. And also just the the narrative as well. I don't even mind the team that is assembled. You know, I thought like that was pretty cool. Oh, I thought. the French girl. Well, there's like the front, the like sniper, and then just like just like the the characters that they introduced. I was like, okay, cool, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think w- one of the things I struggled with is like, I'm not a big Superman fan. Right. There's some classic type comics I like, but I don't really like how this felt like it was based so much on like a cornier era of like classic hero books. I kind of wanted to see it be more like, um, you know, like most people in Canada that are even remotely connected to comics know that Wolverine, one of the most popular characters of all time mm-hmm. is Canadian. Sure. Right. But for like decades, I'm sure there's people that didn't really they don't really bang you over the head with it that much. I feel. Yeah. Even even slang. I remember reading X-Men comics in the 90s and they called them like the old knucklehead. Yeah. But like, I don't think that that registered probably in most American readers minds that yeah. that meant that he was Canadian. And I, I kind of liked that it was like, oh, we have a cool kind of edgy character. Yeah. But I mean, this is like the answer to Captain America, right? Who is Captain America? Yeah, that's that's so. fair, but I still think that um, like he doesn't run around saying "Look how American I am," but he is wearing the American flag, and his shield is totally. But yeah. that's I think that's the difference, and I'm getting at is that this felt very much like all of the characters and like everything in the story was like, "Look at how Canadian we are." Mm-hmm. Like, I so what I, I just think that they could have put more effort into the backstory about you know like oh like a Canadian peacekeeper or wherever he made like the historical significance of like who he is and yeah. what makes him good for like, it just didn't feel like I was expecting it to be more about, I guess, Canadian values or what are perceived as Canadian values. And instead it was just kind of like almost the same story verbatim pieced together from these, you know, right. like it could have been a Captain America, except it was just a guy in a different suit type deal. Sort of. And I know that it was, ba- and obviously this new one that we're reading is based on, old captain you know this old character that had been around for yeah you know however it's just what i I did like though is i did like the introduction of mr gold the the proper introduction not when he's fighting those things but like when they're at the party and he's just like everybody stop 
and then the whole party just stops. Yeah. I was like, oh, that see, because that might would make a good scene in like a movie or something. Yeah. Um, and you mean like John Wick two? Yeah, pretty much. But like, <laughs> but this came before John Wick two. Let's be fair. It's also more badass because it's like he's evil. The yeah. guy in John Wick two was just not evil. He not at that flexing. point anyway. Yeah. yeah, he was just flexing. Yeah. Um. He also forced the guy to somewhat kill himself. Yeah. Which was interesting. Um, and I do, I didn't mind the, the French girl on the team. Like, no, that's what I mean. Those are, I liked it. I, I did like the, the whole alien thing though, kind of took me out of it. Yeah. I was like, well, that's what I mean. Like it, it just seemed derivative, but, but I'm trying to think I did also like the aspect of the two brothers and how one of them was like, he kind of like, you get the idea that he knows more than he's saying mm-hmm. and it was almost like he was trying to become the captain connect character and mm-hmm. this other guy just kind of stumbled in on it mm-hmm. into it and so there's some resentment there so like maybe they are setting up to, up to be a villain but as it's as it stands you know you don't know really i think it could be something that i would grow to like with a, with some tweaking yeah i I'd, i they just don't need to i understand what you're saying they don't need to hit you over the head with it yeah like another so it's it's even funny in this regard. Like they're the comic we stand on guard, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, like that six comic miniseries by uh, Brian K. Vaughan uh, about a future where America invades Canada. Mm-hmm. There's like giant robots and shit, and it's it's very bleak and like dystopian, and they basically invade for fresh water, and it's hinted that. Uh, the reason that they invaded was because there was a Canadian terrorist attack on the White House, which was the impetus for them to then invade. Yeah. Um, and there's people that believe that it was staged, like that America staged an attack on their own White House and blamed it on Canada so they could invade us for a fresh water. Right. But nobody really knows, and you you never find out. Like it's not it's not what it's about. It's about the the sur- this this troop called the two four. And it was really bash you over the head with Canadian stuff as well. But for some reason, it didn't like. It didn't feel as heavy hand. I, it's so hard to explain. Maybe because they built their own world. They built this, their own world. This but feels like it, 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 they're borrowing somebody else's world almost. You know what I mean yeah. by that? Like yeah. And it was just weird because, like, in We Stand on Guard, it very much is like, okay, here we are in Ottawa before I- the Ottawa of the future before these before America comes in and bombs Ottawa and like there's so many references to like oh well this is how we do it up here in Canada you know between yeah. them and the invading forces and like even though that's basically the same thing I'm saying I don't like in this there's just I don't know I honestly I think all it was was that when I was like ooh Captain Canuck even though he, the name itself should have tipped me off I just wanted it to be a little bit more the it's a it's the fucking force awakens conversation all over again like a bit more sophistication there you mm-hmm. know just like a little bit more nuance a little bit less like uh almost like goofy polite don't take us seriously canada and like just make you know you could make a really there are elements there that you could make something really wicked with and it just felt uh it wasn't quite there for me but that being said i did uh, there was the initial issue that was like the backstory, mm-hmm. and then there was like the beginning of the the arc. Like th- I thought the art was great. You know what? I, you know what I really liked. Did you read the? At the end of each comic, there's like a, a shorter other comic. 
So like at the end of each Captain Canuck issue, there was like another yeah, like I had to have read it three or four page sort of mini series that went through th- the other comics about, and you don't really understand what's happening, but he's like back in time, like he's in the past. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like they don't know. That's right. They don't know who I am yet and stuff. That that one is actually really intrigued me more than the actual other storyline than the main storyline. Yeah, like I thought. I was like, whoa, what is this? What is this time traveling hero? It's like sick. Like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I did enjoy the. Uh, be- just kind of, I guess, because of the comics I've been reading lately and how superhero comics have generally gone, I kind of appreciated just like a, a clearly costumed hero, you know? Mm hmm. Like, going back to something that uh, pre- uh, a previous guest, Bennett, and I have discussed quite a bit. How with the, you know, the rise of superhero movies, when they make things, um, uh, you know, live action, there for some reason is almost always, and uh, they like drab up the costumes, like they make everything try. They try in grounding it, they make it less colorful and less sort of like superhero-y, so that people don't think it looks stupid. Right. Um, which I think a lot of the time ends up just looking stupider. What the, the way they try to interpret it, uh, and I feel like that's kind of spilled over into some actual hero comics. Like, there's tons of characters that just don't really have a costume, and it, sometimes you're just like, "Who the fuck is this guy again?" I don't remember. It'd be really interesting, and I think fitting, if when they make a live action Invincible, they make all the comics, comics, they make all the costumes and all the characters like super larger than life and like colorful and stuff, because yeah, like cause it. It's almost satire. I thought the art was was great. Yeah. Anyway, um, do you have anything more to say about this? I probably won't read any more of them. <laughs> um, I didn't hate it, but like, I barely read the comics that I want to read. So, you know, I'm kind of indifferent to this one. Yeah, this was like an anonymous. Uh, it was an anonymous suggestion. Submission. Yeah. Submission. Um, and I think generally just like people, I think people want to love it. I'll tell they you, they do, th- you know, like the whole, pu- the whole purpose of this is you gotta love it. You ca- you kind of gotta want to love it as well. Like you have to be open to it. And I think that probably the reason this was an anonymous submission is just like people feel bad almost. Yeah. Like I kind of feel because like I, d- you know, I I don't, despite rumors to the contrary, like I don't like, I don't want to shit all over stuff, you know? And I want, and like, you know, I want to like reward people for trying new things, yada, 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 blah, yeah. blah, 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 boo-hoo. But like, it's just not quite there for me. I did really want to like it though. I was like, ooh, if I can like get behind a classic superhero story no. that takes place in Canada, like I'm fucking ready. That's but. fair. I mean, it's like me with, uh, you know, I talked about Nirvana, the band, the show earlier. When I interviewed those guys, I, you know, the first thing I said to them was like, you know, um, I didn't check out your show until I knew I was interviewing you. And they're like, oh, why? And I was like, because it's Canadian TV. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Canadian TV. And then, but then I checked it out and I was like, oh, yeah. You know, this is actually, this is just good TV, not just good Canadian TV. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where like... That is Canada. That is like... 
that is what makes us Canadian is that kind of shit. You know, I yeah. feel like that's what makes it kind of hilarious and yeah. ironic. Like we're like, oh, you know, this is not very good. You know, yeah. you, you want there to be like amazing things that take place in Toronto or Canada or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like generally speaking, you're just used to a lesser quality yeah. of entertainment or, or people coming here and just like how many movies do you see filmed here like a week? Right. But none of them take place. Almost none of them. Like one less than one percent of them take place in Toronto. You know, yeah. there's like that uh, that Seth Rogen like ro- romantic was it Seth Rogen? There's like a romantic comedy, not even really a comedy, like romantic drama, whatever. There, there's like here and there, there's movies that are like take place in Toronto and mm-hmm. it's not like Toronto, 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 like some movies that take place in New York. But yeah. most of the time we're used to seeing people come, set up shop, film in our city because it looks like another city or film in our city and then use post-production to make it clear that it's some other city. Right. And it, it almost is like, I don't, I don't know if it's, it's like a chicken egg situation. I don't know if there's like an inferiority complex because of that or whether we're just used to like not, but it's kind of refreshing when you do see something that you're like, oh shit, like Scott Pilgrim, you said, like that was a great example. I fucking loved reading that mm-hmm. because it was hilarious. It was yeah. well-written, it was super creative. It was just a blast. And also because it was like unapologetically set in Toronto. Yeah. You know, like, Oh yeah, we, we got to show at least Palace. And to anybody not from Toronto, they you know that hasn't visited here, it yeah. just would have been probably still a cool comic, cool enough that they made a big budget like summer blockbuster out of it. Yeah, and people would just be reading about it, being like, "Oh, Lee's Palace." Like I don't know. Well, I guess that's like a venue, or like they maybe don't even know that it's real. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? It just like as a great example is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm definitely all for it, and. Uh, I'll tell you this. If Captain Canuck gets nominated for an Eisner Award, I will give it a second chance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just threw down the gauntlet. Um, I highly doubt that the cr- the writer writers and artists behind Captain Canuck are going to listen to our show. No. But if they do, got respect for you. Yeah. I also want you to win an Eisner Award. That'd be nice. Just yeah, just like just take I take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um okay, so recommendations for the week. Oh, uh how do I pronounce this name? I, or, I already forget. It's music. Yeah. Um, I believe it's uh, Munica. Munica. Uh, just give me a sec here. Pull it up if you got yours ready to go. I believe it's pronounced Moana. <laughs> um, I do have mine ready to go. No, it's good. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> it is is Munica, or or Monica. I don't know. It's French. Okay. Okay. It's just Canadian. Like a, no, not French Canadian. No. Oh. I, you know, it's stupid. We did our Canada episode. I really should have like thought of something Canadian to recommend. Sure. But, uh, it's, it's, uh, the dude, I'm pretty sure it's a dude. It's really hard to find information about him or her is like a, uh, like a hip hop producer. I recommend this shit a lot, but it's really good. It's like, uh, you just put out a, a record, um, and it's, it's like old 60s French pop, like samples. Okay. You know, think like Francois Hardy and stuff like that. Uh, very like a very bygone era, sort of like fuzzy, crackly record, you know, like um, female vocals. Uh, and those are those are all the samples that are used with like a really like down tempo, 
piano melodies mm-hmm. and like heavy bass, but it's like very soothing. It's like perfect summer music. Um, so maybe we can, depending on what your recommendation is, we could line up one of those tracks. Sure. I have two this week. Oh, I also could do two. Recommendation number one is a movie that most people... Oh, I know what your second one's going to be. Yeah. Go on. Most people probably have heard of or at least saw in passing. Uh, they just announced that there was going to be a sequel, so I decided to watch the first one, and I was pleasantly surprised. It is a movie called The Accountant, starring Ben Affleck. They're doing a second one? Yeah. I didn't know that it did well enough for there to be like a second one. I was so excited for that movie when I saw the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, there's, and a, then there's an obvious twist that you call from the beginning, basically. You're like, oh, that's this, and uh-huh. then whatever, but... I I like the character. I like the movie. It's kind of just like a... I mean, I guess... It's a mix between John Wick and Rain Man. Okay. That that is Ben Affleck's character. Interesting. He's Rain Wick. And... (laughs) John Man? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was pretty entertaining. You know? From like a... Cast looked great. Like everything about it looked wicked, and then yeah. I basically took the first opinion I heard at face value, just because it was a trusted opinion. It was just like, nah, man. But and I, I was just like, fuck! I, I was so excited. I walked in with literally zero expectations and walked out, and I was like, I would watch another one of these. Hey, remember how yesterday we were gonna try to watch like two or three movies in theaters in a row? Yeah. Didn't happen. No. No. But Can I guess what your second recommendation is? Yeah. Is it Kingdom Death? It is. Kingdom Ooh. Death colon Monsters. Um, it is a board game, the most intricate board game I've ever played in my entire life. <laughs> it's so crazy. Uh, introduced to us by our good friend and Twitch streamer, Carson Wong. Um, I don't know how much more I want to say about it because, you know, we, we may feature it at a point, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Definitely. But also, I think it's important to fr- frame it by just saying, without going into too much detail, about the most detailed board game I've ever played in my life. Uh, we played it in a cottage at night. While, well, I partially at night. Like a stormy cottage, Canada Day weekend. Yeah. Uh, not entirely sober. And a lot of crazy fucked up shit was happening. Yeah. And it, it was... There's a lot of very fun story elements to this game. And, uh, I mean, I won't go... I won't tell you too much about the story because part of the fun is, wa- is like, having it unfold. There's a lot of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> but I will <laughs> say that I was swallowed by a giant deer-like creature that his entire underbelly is a, is a mouth... Yeah, uh, and I thought I was going to be digested and eaten because that's really what it seems like is going to happen. But I made an epic roll <laughs> in the board game, which allowed me to not only escape its belly, but while escaping, reach up, grab one of its heart, one of its hearts. Wh- the heart also has teeth. Yeah, and rip it out. Yeah, and then you were regurgitated back onto the ground, and everybody else playing the game suffered plus one to insanity. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's what you need to know about that game. Fuck, it's so crazy. And I survived that only to then touch a statue and immediately die. So, but I think the other thing before, you know, 
this isn't a game that I think a lot of people actually get a chance to play. No. It's you know, sold out. Who are lucky. I immediately looked it up. First of all, the base game yeah. is $400 US. I know. I know. 400 US dollars. And he, Carson, has more than the base game, I believe. Yeah. Those minis. It's like an addiction, okay? The, the, a guy who climbs at my climbing gym, who's actually recommended things mm-hmm. for this podcast before, shouts Sammy, yeah. Sammy from Boulders, uh, has also invested heavily in this particular board game. I should have. I didn't even know about it until he was telling me about it at the gym. He's like, yo, it's the craziest thing ever. And he was like showing me the pieces yeah. and the miniatures and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. And then Carson was like, this is like a, like six months later. Carson's mm-hmm. just like, oh, hey, guys, I brought this game. And I was just like, what? Yeah. It's it's almost like some Warhammer type shit. It's like it's kind of tabletop RPG. It's like Dungeons and Dragons. So. Yeah, but I don't let that f- scare you off because it's not. There's there's more um, more order or oh yeah totally it's not just like somebody making stuff up right I mean you can do with a, a set of rules yeah it's all very much determined by it's you know, hard to explain you know what it is I I came to this conclusion on the way home yesterday you ever play a roguelike game Ro- like FTL no or uh, what was Oh, well, anyways, <laughs> there are these games that you play. <laughs> I should, I should, uh, there's one specifically that you should, that I should get you to download because it's cool as shit, but uh, where there's no saving and you're basically going, well, you can save while you're alive, but you go through a dungeon, leveling up your character, like a video game, mm-hmm. and getting like new armor, new, um, swords and and like getting really strong but once you die you're dead Mm. you lose all that and you have to start as just a normal person again and this is kind of like that so if if you guys are gamers and you play any rogue like games not light but like games this is essentially the board game version but it's co-op multiplayer rogue like um yeah i should man we should play some roguelike games, though. Can I make one more recommendation? Uh, maybe. So four. Four in this one episode. It's also music. It's just really funny. Sure. Uh, it's, an, it's a New York rapper who goes by the name Shirt. Okay. So right off, right out of the gates, I challenge you to try to find his music mm-hmm. online by going typing Shirt or Shirt Rapper or Shirt Music or anything with Shirt in it in Google. Yeah. yeah. And then to further... Confound you, his his debut album is called Rap, <laughs> and it is fucking great, yeah. but also just hilarious. And I mean, he's got some other like EPs and singles and stuff, but um, if you're able to track it down, I highly recommend it because it's great. It's just good. It's just good rap music, you know. But it's also clearly has a sense of humor because it's like with the group Wallpaper. They call themselves Wallpaper, and you can't. Even if you suffix it with music or something like that, it's fucking next to impossible to find right. to find them. Yep. Anyway, so the yeah, the name of the MC is Shirt, frequently spelled all caps, and the uh, there's two projects that I would recommend. One is called Rap, and the other one is called Rap Money. There you go, Shirt Rap Money. Yeah, Rap Money Shirt. Okay. 
Until next time, keep loving it. Keep loving it. It's what I really can do.